Welcome to the third episode of Transformative Change, the podcast that brings up topics that's really going to change the way you view the world. So transformative change is the major shift in an environment that significantly changes its characteristics or outcomes. And these type of changes brings about deep and lasting transformations that fundamentally change the way things are done, the way people think or view certain situations, or the direction in which a society or organization is headed. The goal of this podcast and transformative change is to improve the the overall well-being of individuals, communities, or address systematic problems. The entire idea behind this is to digest cross-cutting topics that is needed to drive these type of transformational changes. So our beliefs are that no areas are off-limit and the purpose is really to help you in your journey towards creating long-lasting impact. We have had two episodes so far where we've gone through that everything will change, which is something that we can be very certain about. The, The only constant in this world is change. And the other part is really about why change is hard. We all know it's hard. Uh, Sometimes it can be super easy if the the impacts or the implications of a change is small. I like to bring up some tools today. Some tools that we need to think about both personally and also when we take a look at the bigger picture. Change boils down to people. I don't know how many times myself personally has tried to change other people. And it's hard, right? There there are books about negotiation techniques, how to influence people. And these are topics that we will talk about in another podcast. But today we're going to look into some of the prerequisites. And these are some principles that we will go through that are really crucial in my my point of view. So when it comes to this world, and as I said, it it boils down to you as an individual. That means that if there is a change you want to accomplish, or if there even are people that you would like to influence, it boils down to ownership. There is a big difference about accountability and responsibility. And, And these are two different things that we always need to take into account when we talk about changes. So if you want other people to do something for you, or if you want to influence things, you can be driving a a team in a large organization or even a small organization, or it can be making friends or relatives do something. You want to take away the factor of uncertainty. And uncertainty always comes with the fear of doing wrong. So that boils down to taking ownership. You as a change maker, you have to take accountability of the impact of the change that other people are driving. They are, of course, responsible if you give them the mandate. For instance, in an organization, as a leader, you say, this is what I want to accomplish. You give them the responsibility of driving this. But you're also having their back by by taking ownership. And when you look at organizational theory and how to organize high performance teams and and those kind of things, 
You really want to have a cross-functional team which has a clear mandate and the opportunity to take decisions. Usually in hierarchical organizations, what we see is power and decision-making is centralized along a hierarchical line. That means you have leaders that takes the decisions. This might be good in those organizations when there is life and death death hanging on it or their compliance. I'm not certain there either, but it boils down to you create a bottleneck in the organization and certain people, the only thing they do is attend meetings. What you want to do is decentralize the ownership and the mandate of taking decisions to those that work in the front line. You as a leader, you're still accountable for the decisions that they make. But what you're doing is really that you're establishing a trust, psychological safety, saying to them that it's okay, you can take these decisions, I trust you. And then I'll take the accountability as a leader. It boils down to you building that zone of safety. And then you'll see the amount of decisions that are made will go really fast. Will all of them be correct? Of course not. But you're going to take so much more decision and you're able to steer them in the right direction. That then boils down to, okay, how can we do that? Well, it's about having clear goals and expectations. One of my favorite quotes comes from Alice in in Wonderland. And I had a leader once that, that showed this picture, a PowerPoint picture of Alice in Wonderland. And it was Alice standing in front of the, the rabbit. And the, the sign said, uh, I think it was something like, oh, which path should I take? And then the rabbit says, well, if you don't know where you're going, any path will take you there. And if you have clear goals and expectations, you are very clear and decisive towards those teams that this is what I want you to achieve. So it really becomes your strategic approach to these are the results I expect. It's not up to me as a person or a leader in this context to tell you how to achieve them. I'm going to tell you the goals. I want this type of uplift. I want this type of change to happen or I want this number to be reached. These are my expectations. So you as a leader, you must take the initiative to establish these clear goals, uh, have these expectations and standards and of course, provide the training and guidance to the team members to achieve their success. You as a leader, a change maker or a thought leader in your area, this is your job. Your job is not to do the actual job. Your job is to create teams that can deliver on these things, that have those successful things, provide adequate training, clear directions, and don't forget the expectations, communications, follow-up. These are the things that you really need to to be clear about. I mean, I've been in so many different teams throughout the world where they hire you as somebody that is going to to execute on certain topics. Uh, The biggest problem has always been when there's no clear expectations and no clear deadlines. I I remember this one time when I was working in, in London and I think at one point when I was quite new, I was just put into a context which was, oh, but deliver something with AI. That's that's relatively fuzzy. And you see this happening over and over again, that unexperienced leaders or 
not good leaders, they hire experts. And then they ask the experts to deliver. This happened in my field in AI and data science. When around 2014, 2015, the first hype wave came, a lot of organizations, they just hired data scientists, but they didn't put any clear goals and expectations on them. And what happened? The first amount of failures were tremendous because leaders didn't know how to utilize it. They were reading articles and these articles said that data science is the, the, the unicorns uh, and hire a data scientist and you'll see tremendous amount of results. But when you backtrack this, you can take it back to traditional ways of driving business. Put clear goals on expectations, try to deliver against them. If you fail, pivot towards something else or, or change the people. This is fundamental in everything that we do. And the other part is foster a belief, create this psychological safety that, that I mentioned earlier. Leaders and leadership in this context is about inspiring teams. It's about getting them to believe in their full potential, not to push them down and say, go faster, go faster, but rather show them the mountain and give them the inspiration that they're able to do this. Give them the clear mandate to execute and give them active feedback all the time. And if you do that, you will be amazed by trusting people, not give them the answer. I came up as an, an expert within AI and technology, and I used to be really good at it. I would lie if I say that I'm, I'm still good at it, but I would like to think that, especially the technology part, maybe not the math and the algorithms, I knew how to do things. I know how good architectures looks like. And the first time I really started becoming a, a leader for larger teams, I, I realized something that as an expert leader, your fingers are really itching. You want to tell the teams how, but it's not about that. It's more about the, the what in that context. This is what I want you to achieve and you're able to do so. And as an expert, you can give them good feedback, but they need to figure out how to get there. Because if you are doing all the work and telling them this is how good looks like in technology, you're not going to see those results. And it all boils down to the what. So foster the belief that they are able to do anything. And the results that you will see, it will be tremendous. The fourth part in this is checking your ego. Pride and ego. And we're going to have an entire episode about this at some point. It is not about you as a leader or a change maker. I know, end of the day, we all want to have the acknowledgement that we believe that we deserve. It will come with time. The day you start focusing more on putting your ego aside and prioritize your team success and lifting them up. You might be doing something really good, but at the end of the day, give that away. Don't be the one that's receiving all the reward for all the hard work that your team has done. Because there, there's nothing else in this world than, than a team standing on the sideline. They've done all the work and you are taking all the credit. Let them take the credit. 
It's not about you as a leader. I like to think that whenever somebody acknowledges you, you give them a sense of, of pride and they grow as humans when they get that acknowledgement. And if you as a change maker, leader, manager in this world, delegate that to your team, not only will they have that sense of pride of accomplishment, they will also look up to you as a leader. They will see that your ego is non-existing. They will see that you prioritize them and that will make them even more satisfied with what they're doing and want to accomplish even more. Simplify strategy. It's similar, I think, to the clear goals and expectations, but strategy is really about where do we want to go? And having a strategy is about telling people where to go. That is your job as a leader. I think when I when I was working for H&M and we were initially just driving use cases, those use cases didn't really have a clear strategy in the beginning. But as we were maturing and as we wanted to roll this out, it became more and more crucial about creating a strategic approach for scaling. And that was really about because AI and technology can be really complex topics So for me, it wasn't really about the complexity at that stage. It was about the communication. Because we can spend years, months of trying to capture the entire complex complex landscape. And with that complex landscape, we can have a detailed plan. This is not strategy, by the way. And we can try to cover all the scenarios. But... What we want to do is breaking down these complex problems into simpler, more manageable steps with approaches that enables efficiency and an understanding of where we want to go. So what we did for H&M was to create, well, the entire strategy was basically about we want to have AI driving everything in the, the organization. But how can we do that from the department side? Well, we broke that down into strategy and we called it the fountainhead. And the fountainhead was really about creating the complex data foundation. We just made that into the basis with a few key components fueled by AI. So we broke down the AI capabilities into a higher level of abstractations. And then it was about people. How can we create reusable components, uh, reusable output and foster time to value so that the entire organization can benefit from that? It wasn't up for us that was creating the strategy to determine how to do that. We said what we want to accomplish. And we put numbers behind it that we thought were realistic so that the teams really could understand the direction and then translate that into their reality. We weren't doing all of the work. We were just pointing the way onto what we wanted to achieve in a way that the team could actually deliver around it. And then communicate that actively both externally, so we could attract the best talent in the world, but also internally. And internally versus stakeholders and also towards the teams. Because if the team started to understand this, then step by step, they would be moving towards the targets that we wanted them 
to work towards. And then as a leader, it also comes down to you setting the priorities and execution. So leaders must really prioritize the problems because you're going to have limited amount of resources at your disposal. And that means you can't boil the ocean. And boiling the ocean means, well, it's an impossible problem. You have a limited amount of resources, people and money uh, and time, of course. And if you try to boil the ocean, there's a saying that I, I, I also like, which is, if you're trying to do everything, you're doing nothing. So prioritization, what is the most crucial business problem? But you have to prioritize in an agile way as well. That's why you don't want execution plans that are one, two, three, four, five years that I've seen. You want them to be relatively short and you want to build technology in a way that you can iterate and you can learn and you can reprioritize. It comes both to technology, but it comes to other things as well. Nothing is forever. Well, some things are, but it's a saying that should be a mindset. You take decisions. You don't think your way to acting. You act your way to thinking because that means that you will be learning as you progress as well. And then, of course, execution through these sound strategies, which is direction, and then also committing to proper execution. I think especially in entrepreneurship, I've I've seen so many people have a great idea. And then they say something like, oh, I don't want to tell you what it is. I'm going to do it one day. Everybody can have a great idea. People probably thought about, I would sell something online before Amazon, or I want to have music uh, in an application before Spotify. Oh, I want autonomous uh, cars before Tesla. It doesn't matter. Execution matters. And we want to track that execution. We don't want to see the amount of Word documents that's been created. What we really want to get to is execution and follow up of that. And then it comes down to these empowerments that we briefly mentioned as well earlier on with the the ownership part. Empowerment of teams is so important. Leaders should really empower their teams by decentralizing the command to enable them to take the initiatives and make informed decisions. This is one of the scariest things I've seen happening over and over again, that you have micromanagers and they believe that if they have control and if everything is going to the way they want it to, everything is going to be top notch. But that's not the case. It is a beautiful thing to see when you no longer have control, but everything is going smoothly. When your teams have the psychological safety to take decisions without asking you first, you're not the bottleneck. You are not important. Results are. And what you want to do and what you get from really empowered teams is an increased amount of decision making. When, when I was running these teams at H&M, uh, I had quite many of them. And I, some people say that I just took a step backwards. And what I wanted them to do was take decision themselves, discuss with their stakeholders. My main priority was to make sure that there was a strategy in place, results that could be measured, and also having 
having the somebody that was accountable so they felt confident in taking the decisions and then you'll start seeing things going faster and faster all the time and then it comes down also to to discipline in these things because empowering teams uh, setting strategy ego foster belief etc what is important in all this is have a discipline and not just believe it's uh, something that an invisible hand will solve because there are no invisible hands in this context. We need to ensure that there's a consistency and discipline behind these type of practices. And we want clear goals to foster these excellence and results. And if we can have clear goals, a clear strategy, teams that take decisions and we follow up on these things and we do it cons- over and over again, then the results will start showing. Will they be perfect in the beginning? No, but we'll learn. Trial and error, taking small decisions faster and faster. And in the end, the excellence and results in these things will be magical. And I mentioned it so many times now, but psychological safety or building relationships. What we want to ensure in organizations to foster this as well is that people feel confident that they're good relationships and then i say confident i really mean confident in the decision making that if i take a decision my manager has checked their ego and it's okay with me taking them even if they're experts leaders that have risen risen up they have been thought that hey it's okay It's okay for somebody else to take these decisions and I'm fine with being accountable for that. We need to have good relationship and trust. And this goes both in organizations, in change management, but also in your personal life. Building relationship and trust, not just on a high superficial level, but actually having a vulnerability and transparency towards your peers or those that you want to influence. That that will create good communication, coordination and success. And what I've learned personally that these type of principles, even though they sound very business oriented, they are translatable to your personal life as well. If you are vulnerable and open towards your teammates, towards those that report into you in an organization, there will be trust. You will have good relationship and your team will see you as a human being because as a leader, you are a human being. But sometimes that aspect is taken away and you will start seeing uh, a a safety uh, arise in the organization and people will have this type of trust. And this is also true in your personal life, because why shouldn't you be vulnerable and open to the people close to you? So this is a transformative journey for many people that we are brought up in a system in school that we are certain people with certain roles. We go into our our professional life and what happens there is we have a professional life, we have a private life and we live different ways. I've seen this so many times with so many different people. And what I started learning, and, and this goes to my own personal journey into leadership and change and all of those topics is that as soon as you start erasing that line more and more and stop building up this picture of yourself that when you work you you don't have feelings or you are only efficient and goal-oriented meeting all the deadlines sure but then it's dog eat dog but when you start building a more open and vulnerable picture of yourself there will be more trust there will be more 
more focus on getting the results out and people want to help you and they want to build towards something and they'll see what you see. So these things are, are super important. And I personally, not everybody has that luxury, don't want to have a big line between working and private. Um, of course, you need to relax and you, you need to shut things off when there are a stressful environment that you're working in. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about you as a person. It doesn't make sense to me that you sleep for eight hours, hopefully. Uh, you go to work for about eight hours and then you have what? Uh, the, the rest of the time at home. And this changes in different proportions. And do you need to be different people at different time? It creates confusion. And what we want to get to is really towards this transformative change in the world. And if we can start driving and living these changes, I, I think we'll create a better society. Uh, people are not robots. And they're definitely not robots at work, at home, uh, or at any other time. We are human beings. Uh, and what's most important is that we feel well. And when we feel well, we will be the most productive us. Regardless if it's that going to the office, sitting in the, the, the supermarket, or writing a book. It's about contributing to the greater good, to society, um, and that's really what this is all about. And that's the transformative change and how to drive change um, that I believe is important. And this is really a cross-cutting topic, but today the focus was really much more about how to drive uh, this change within your teams or people in your close proximity when you're trying to achieve a goal. We will try to digest this topic in from a couple of other different angles at a later podcast. I really hope you enjoyed listening in today, even though I was uh, uh, a little bit out there today. Please give me your feedback. Is there any topic that you want to listen to or something of this that you want to deep dive into a little bit more? Um, just drop me a line. Um, info at arrow.se is the easiest way. Um, thank you so much for listening in today and I look forward to the next episode. Take care.